Welcome to the Worship Leader Problems Podcast with your host, Jeremy, and codename Joel. Look, worship ministry can be one of the most rewarding areas in church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode number eight of the Worship Leader Probs Podcast. Right? The Ocho. The Ocho. <laughs> I would have done my rap horn, but I dropped my phone. Oh, you dropped it? I did. Like it's broken, you dropped it, or you just can't reach it, you dropped it? No, I just... Dude, once I get settled in for the night and to do the, record this podcast, like I'm in like this little honey hole of recording. And so I just got to make sure I got the mic placed just right. And I got my in-ears in and they're not quite long enough for me to like push That's back. That's awesome. The V2 honey hole. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, man. My wife, um, I showed her some of the videos because we record the Zoom calls uh, with our guests. And when you and I do this portion of it. And uh, when we first used to do this, I used to use these big can headphones. Oh man! And my wife, I showed her the video of today's conversation with Meredith Andrews. And she was so embarrassed for me. So now I have to use my in-ears. She said that I look like a swarmy used car salesman. The Princess Leia's. Yeah, the Princess Leia's. So so what is going on, Mr. Probs? How's life at Mr. Probland? <laughs> well. I, I I almost just said at your church yeah. and named the church. Yeah, but right. I, I, I refrained. I refrained. You know, it's December, man. It's December for all of us. And... uh Man, I don't know about you, but it is like, uh, man, it is so so stressful sometimes, you know, planning events for people and um, planning big Christmas services and Christmas Eve and all those things. It's, it's, uh, it's challenging, man. It is challenging. And I, uh, I just, this is a total moment of, uh, candor like i'm a human being just like you are and christmas is a real challenge for me um i would i would almost rather do multiple easters than to do christmas and so i'm i'm praying about that you know don't at me with uh, with all kinds of jesus jukes and stuff like that like i love the lord and i'm i love you know the story of christmas and all that stuff but um it's christmas is a, just a challenge and uh it, it's a it comes with a lot of expectation at our at our place, and I know all the expectation is in the Lord and all of those things. But you know, we all still have to do our jobs, and and our jobs are big, just like everyone else's at at this time yeah. of year. So, how about you? Uh, we don't do we don't blow out Christmas. We'll, we're going to do a big night of worship uh, this coming Sunday. Christmas theme songs, some regular worship songs. We'll do live baptisms. Uh, the ladies' ministry are doing a cookie exchange beforehand. Um, it, it's always a good night. We, you know, five, 600 people come out for the night of worship. Excellent. And yeah. But it's not a big deal. You know, I, I was texting with, um, a gentleman by the name of Lee Fields. Lee works for Bayside church where Lincoln Brewster is. And he also makes his house, uh, for Lincoln Brewster. And so we were texting because he's part of another podcast called mix you that I'm a huge fan of. And uh, we're trying to get the mix you guys scheduled to come on our podcast. And so I was just asking him what's Christmas look like at Bayside and that church. I want to say I've heard him say they run like 20, 25,000 between the eight campuses. Yeah. Wow. So here, here's Christmas at Bayside. We do normal ser- weekend services at all eight campuses, and we don't change that. Then 
we add an additional 15 Christmas shows at one campus. Then on the 23rd of December at 10 p.m., we move the entire show to a different campus and do five more on the 24th. Holy moly. (laughs) I got nothing to complain about, man. Hashtag perspective. Oh, man. Could you imagine how nuked you would be after that many? Oh, Oh, dude. I caramba. I would need some serious time with my cats after yeah. that. <laughs> when I mean, calls we would the have heart. to do some snuggling. Yeah. Craziness, man. Wait, did you just say snuggling? Oh, snuggling with them kid cats, man. Are you kidding me? Bro, you know, my I have, so you know how people say like cats are like, kind of like, well, some people would say they're from Satan, but they all kind of have their own person. Our cats that we have are like the most lovable cats in the world. I've sent you pictures like um, when I go to bed at night, this cat lays down on my chest and like snuggles in for the long winter's nap. Holy moly, man. Oh, Does yeah, it it's not, crazy. Do they, never, do they ever do that thing where they're like, like they have to be in another room like 10 seconds ago and they just get up and dart? It's happened once or twice and I've got battle oh, wounds, but. That, 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 uh, that makes me anxious. Yeah, it's craziness. So, <laughs> well, hey. We have a really special guest today. I'm pretty excited about it. Dude, I I am I'm very excited. Yeah. She brought the thunder um, too. I mean Oh, dude. Being our first female guest, uh, we're excited to have uh, Meredith Andrews on after a little bit. <sighs> yes. But she was a deep, deep well of knowledge. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. And if you've ever seen her lead, it, you were not, you will not be surprised because Exactly. Man, you know, the vocal excellence is just, man, it's, she can, uh, she has just these little nuances to her voice that can communicate lyrics. Um, and really it just, it takes you with her, yeah. uh, man. She, and, and then just to, to partner that with just the biblical knowledge and, and, uh, it, you're going to be very, very encouraged today. Absolutely. So, but before, Hey, before we get into that, you want to recognize some MVPs? Yes. All right, Mr. Probs. I, I love every time we do this, and it's been cool seeing people like get on when we we throw them up on Instagram and seeing their friends going, "My boy," or you yeah. know, like you know, so <laughs> excited for their friends to get recognized. And so, absolutely, man, um, that's so cool. And. Even more fun is listening to you pronounce the names. And so one of our MVPs, Mr. Probs, has been practicing while we were just kind of talking about what we're going to share on the show today. And so uh, I'm very excited to hear what you got. You know, I'm going into the pronunciation this year or this episode with a lot of extra confidence. Okay, you're feeling good. I'm going to just go for it. Okay. And that's what it'll be from, from here. That's what forth. it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. All right. So our volunteer MVP is Heather Neely. And okay. uh, she was nominated by Kemp Collins. And uh, she's a production director for New Spring Church in Florence, South Carolina. Uh, she awesome. does a lot of directing, runs cameras, pro presenter, um, just a really sacrificial person. Uh, she volunteers almost every Wednesday and Sunday, takes very little time off. And um, she just has been uh, a great mentor to Kemp. And so Heather Neely, from uh, New Spring Church in Florence, South Carolina, we salute you. We salute you. I know a lot of people that that used to work at that church. Really? 
Yeah, I'm doing this uh, coaching thing with the Mix You guys. Yeah. And my coach used to be their tech director. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. But it's a it's a pretty large church, yeah, and so yeah. their 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 reach is pretty big. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Absolutely. Very cool. So our staff MVP is Justin Ling Bartles. And I'm going to be honest. That's that's a pretty strong pronunciation of that name. I, I think so. You know, I toyed around with the you know the Lange Bartels. Um, yeah, I but can see I think how you it, could go there. I'm going with Ling Bartles, and I'm not looking back. I, I think I think you're doing well there, and there was no phonetics. <laughs> no phonetics. So I, I, yeah, I just went I'll for it. Man. I'll give you an A plus on that one. <laughs> So Justin serves at Eagle Church, and uh, he was nominated by Ian Black, right? That's right. And uh, Justin has been the worship pastor for four years. Um, and these are uh, these are Ian's words. And just moving, I've I've not met many people who are such naturally gifted worship leaders and humble, and all about raising people up around them. Um, he leads worship and tech in the churches, about 800 wow. people. Um, That's awesome. he, he also takes on the role of the missions pastor for the church. And so, Yowza. wow, that is a load, man. So, uh, that's Justin Ling Bartles, man, from Eagle church, Justin, dude, we salute you, brother. You're we wearing a lot of hats, you, man. Wearing a lot dude, of hats. That's craziness. Like we already know how strong worship and tech is like, I have a good friend. He's uh, the missions pastor at our church, keeping up with all the missionaries and correspondence and making sure the money's going to the right places. And then once you start actually like leading trips, you know, that's a, that's a that's big a lot. position. That is a lot, man. So way to go, Justin. Well Making done, Justin Langbartles. Making an impact. Let's go. <laughs> look, look, cookie monster there, man. Yeah. I like it. I dig it. Yeah, but. I'm back on heavy keto again, so there's no oh, cookies for this monster. Yeah, no cookie, no cookies. All right, that's no. good. Hey guys, thank you so much for continuing to support the MVP section of our podcast. If you would like us to recognize either a staff person from your church or a volunteer from your church, real simple, just email us at info at worshipleaderprobs.com. Send us their name, their Instagram handle, a picture, and the reasons why you believe we should nominate them on the podcast. And so, again, thank you so much uh, for, for partnering with us in that. Absolutely. And that's a huge that's a huge heart for us. I mean, obviously, we both um, have spent, you know, I've spent my entire career in the local church. And so my heart beats for that. And Jeremy, as, you, as he often points out multiple times in every episode, he's quite a bit younger than I am. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a little, <laughs> just a little. So we, we, we love it, man. We love what you guys are doing and we love uh, shining a light on people who are out there making a difference. Absolutely. Well, Hey, it's time to get into another segment of our podcast and it's super fun. I love this one. Um, and we call it prayer concerns. So in the Prayer Concerns segment of the Worship Leader Problems podcast, here's what we're doing. Um, we ask you guys each week to either DM us or, or, or email us um, the, the, the veiled complaints that people put on your connections cards in the place that says Prayer Concerns. And so we've had some really good ones over the last couple of weeks. And so, Mr. Probs, what do you got this time? Okay. All right. I, oh, this, is, this, this may be one of the better ones that I've, I've ever heard. Okay. So, um, 
okay, so this is just this is a this is a prayer concern that came in. And it's a, it's addressed to this particular worship leader and it says, "We love you. Can we please help you pick out appropriate hymns for each week's service?" <laughs> your, your praise songs repertoire is great, but we would we could sure help you pick some hymns. We've attended here for over 12 years and have a much better sense for what people like and don't like. My husband and I oh, have wow. prayed and are we have prayed and are willing to volunteer an hour a week to help you select songs. Please contact us. And then he the worship leader attaches a note and says, This person will still occasionally send an email or write on a welcome card the titles of hymns that quote would have worked well in the service today. Oh my goodness. <laughs> They have a better sense of what the people would like. Oh my gosh, man. Golly. <laughs> that, whoa. I'm I, sorry, I man. I can't stop. I know. I would have loved to have heard what's what was his response to them. Uh yeah, I have to ask him. I don't I, I will have to re- reply to this one and ask him how he <laughs> how Oh my that, gosh. Man. Oh my word. That is people, so amazing. People are, they're so funny. Like they just like, there's certain people that will come up and like, tell me what to do. And I'm like, bro, I would not come to your place of business and go, why do you have all that product on that shelf? It needs to be moved over here. And that shit, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and then for me to come back three weeks later and go, hold on, why didn't you do everything I just told you to do? Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they, it's just the craziest thing in the world of the like, the expectation is that, that you're going to change it, man, because I don't like yeah, it. You're going to change it. I give my money here. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you see the one that came into our DMS and I saw it on a couple of different little, uh, Facebook forums, but it said, it's too loud. I want to leave the sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go ahead, man. <laughs> like, what do, just, you want? Yeah, what do you want? Just, just do it. I mean, Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. It, it begs the question. And I think you've kind of brought this up before, but like, if people are that unhappy, why do they stay? I know, I know. And look, I'm not in the business of running people off, but No, it's no, like, no, no, no. It's like we 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 do what we do and we've been doing it for years. We didn't just we're not one of those churches, our pastors not that kind of leader where you come to church one week and then on Tuesday we have a meeting and the next Sunday everything is completely 180 degrees from what it was the week before. Um, we're just not that kind of church. And so when, yeah. when people, I had a lady recently, <laughs> I'm so sorry, I, I don't mean to. <laughs> so this lady <laughs> came up to me after church and she goes, hey, <laughs> I have a hammer dulcimer. Okay. It can be nice, I guess. You know, we're not in like hammer dulcimer part of the country, really. And so yeah. I've been looking for a place to take lessons. And she said, I went down to Guitar Center and they couldn't help me. <laughs> they couldn't help me. And I said, I said, I gotta be honest with you. I have never had someone ask me where they could take hammer dulcimer lessons before. I don't, I'm not even sure if you showed me like eight pictures of like string type instruments, like, like I'm not sure I could pick out a hammer dulcimer. Oh C- yeah. Could you? I, I could, because I'm trying to, I'm looking it up right now. 
Um, I'm trying to remember what Jesus Culture came out with a, an album a year or two ago. Yeah. And the big song from it um, started out with a hammer dulcimer. Really? Well, this, yeah. this lady, she was very concerned that she went to Guitar Center, and that's exactly how she said it. I went to Guitar, Guitar Center, Center, and they couldn't help me. And I was like, wow, if Guitar Center can't help you, I'm, I don't know how, how I'm going to help you. Oh, this is very true. It's going to bother me now. What, what is, song was it? Was Chris, it? Uh, Chris Q sang it. Diggity dan, dan. I can hear it in my head. <laughs> but I'm I'm looking at all the... By all means, I think you should keep singing it because the longer you sing, the more memes we will get from Jan. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I know. Here we go. <laughs> I think this is it. Hammer dulcimer. Hammer dulcimer. There it is. Yeah. Well, I have to tell this lady in my church she should buy the buy the Jesus yeah. Culture album and play along with it. Fun fact too. In is it Glorious Day? One of the tracks is a dulcimer. Really? Yeah. Jeremy, I got to be straight up with you, man. Your your working knowledge of all of this, all of these facts, is like really mind blowing to me. Okay, so you got a lot of stuff up in that noggin, man. You have no clue. So when I was in college, <laughs> I started this. Okay. So when I was in college in like the late nineties, early two thousands. And so they, back then email was the big way that you communicated with people. And so I started this email to a couple friends and I just, I, I, I it was like fun fact, man at hotmail.com. <laughs> and every day I would just jump on the internet and I would look for funny facts and I would just email them out to people. Bro, by the time I ended it at the end of my freshman year, I had almost a thousand people in an email group that were getting my fun facts every day. <laughs> we need to start yeah. a, a worship leader probs fun facts. Well, and you'll notice sometimes I say hey, fun fact about one of your hosts. I yeah, love fun facts. Yeah, you do love fun facts. What's really fun is when you're like with a group of youth and you say fun fact and then you totally make something up and they're like, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yep. Giving Jen a lot of material this week. Absolutely. Well, I guess bringing up multitracks takes us into the last section of the podcast, doesn't it? It does. That's like a, It's like an amazing um, segue for us. And so um, we were kind of jumping through some of the DMs and stuff like that, and we noticed a question. But before we get to that question, I think it's time to slide into those DMs. All right, I'm really excited. I just recorded that so that way I can set it out there for everybody in Worship Leader Probs Land oh, to see Mr. Probs I saw dancing. you. I see that you hit record. And so I almost <laughs> just stone faced you, man. I almost yeah. stonewalled you. So um, so here's the question it was, do you use multi tracks in worship? And if you do, what does that look like? And so I know we've kind of addressed a little bit that I know you guys do. Um, we've only been using it at my church maybe the last six or seven months. Mm -hmm. And so we're mm -hmm. kind of still working through. And so Mr. Probs, why don't you take a moment and kind of share like kind of your journey into multi-tracks and maybe you could like, as you're doing that kind of give some advice from stage 
um, what it looks like to use tracks in your worship and why you're using tracks. And then maybe I can, from the booth, uh, my perspective of kind of how I decide to uh, route my tracks through the console as I send them back to the the ears and back to the house. For sure. Yeah. Um, we, we do, we use them. We've probably been using them for, man, I would, I would guess probably six years, something wow. like that. And so there was a segment of time where on our campus, during one of our service hours, we had service simultaneous services going on in two different venues. And oh, wow. the, the, the one of them was just a smaller, more intimate venue. And um, it was just for people who wanted a smaller, more intimate venue. So, um, but when we started that, we would, uh, we would have the band in our main worship center tracked over to the other venue. And we just had singers in there. So oh, we, wow. we needed uh, we needed the metronome kind of stuff to help help hold all that together, and so ours kind of grew from there. And I had I had been wanting to introduce metronome for a while, at least just the click part of multi tracks, and and yeah. so that was my that was my in, and that was one, you know like some drummers are like, why do you need to use a click? I'm your click. Well. Yeah. So, you know, some, yeah. some drummers are really, really good at that. And some, you know, maybe I, I don't, I want to, I want to be as nice as possible. Some, some, some could use, they have room for improvement, you know, yeah. on the, on the, on the steadiness uh, scale. So, um, so we just kind of added from there. So one of the, we, we introduced just a, a little, a pad um, because like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, one of the things I'm kind of a stickler about is flow, and I want I want songs to flow. I I want uh, I want I don't want there to be a lot of space in between. You've probably heard me talk about that in previous weeks. I I don't want to do a song and stop, and then for there to be space while the the guitar you know tunes again or, or whatever. I want yeah. it to be a seamless kind of a package, and so. We have uh, we've kind of kept adding pieces, and so now we're uh, we're all the way where like we we call them bridges. So all the songs are bridged together, and um, that might be with a, just a, a pad that kind of uh, keep keeps uh, some glue in the house, yeah. you know, so that there's a, a nice flow to the set. Uh, we use, you know, the vocal cues, you know, intro two, three, four. We use all of that yep. stuff. And, and to be totally straight, I feel a little bit like that scene in Anchorman where they're like, who typed a question mark on the, on the teleprompter? <laughs> I'm you know he'll, yeah, <laughs> he'll read anything you put up there. Uh, I feel a little bit like that because it's, it's really, really hard to go back. Um, yeah. But if you're, you know, if you're at a church where you've got multiple services and so like we have a Saturday night, but then on Sunday, we've got three in a row, Yeah. you know, it's, it's just human nature. And again, I'm, this doesn't mean we don't love the Lord or anything like that. We just, people get tired, man, and we're human nature. So it helps to have those reminders uh, of, of where we're at, where we're going, what's coming next. Yeah. Um, and it's helpful to have those cues in there. Because if you use the track portion, like if you're just using a metronome, you can start and stop whenever you want. Exactly. But if you're using tracks, you've got to stay with that or the band's going to be playing, 
you know, change the changes in a different spot than the the track is in. So um, we've kind of uh, baby stepped all the way up to really using the the full deal. And the other thing is, man, there's so many of these, you know, some of the popular songs, you know, Elevation and Hillsong and uh, Red yeah. Rocks and all those people. I mean, there are so many layers of yeah. electric guitar, so many layers of keys, so many, uh, you know, layers of all these different instruments that, man, my stage would be, I'd have, you know, 80 people on my stage uh, yeah. to just, to just cover all the parts. And so, um, you know, the, the, the tracks, I feel like they give us um, now we don't, we don't like treat the tracks as a separate instrument. Like they're, they're kind of in the background. They're, they're helping yeah. to give some flow and some movement. And so that's kind of, that, that's kind of been our journey, uh, yeah. our, our multi-track journey. Gotcha. So at, at my church, we started six years ago um, with just a click. Um, and so we, we had a boss DB 90 where you could program different tempos in and the drummer would control it. And, um, you know, and we started there, we, we were, we stayed there for a really long time. And then we did like you, uh, about a year and a half ago, I introduced in, um, I just, one day I just threw it in to see if the worship leader would catch it. Um, you can buy these like ambient pad tracks online. They're 20 minutes long. And wow. when you buy these packages, um, like it's, it's, it's every key. And so we load them up in a pro presenter and whatever key the song is, we just drop them on to the first slide. So that way, when uh, my pro presenter op clicks that first slide, it automatically fires it. And it just comes back through my PC channel uh, on, on my console. And so we use that for a long time. And those, those pads, I'm guessing probably they're just what, like a first and a fifth mm. and kind of mm. going through those little inversions and you can play anything you want on top of whatever that key is. And it just, kind of with some glue and it kind of filled some, some spots. And so um, we decided at the end of last year, we wanted to record a live album. And so by doing that, we thought, well, we probably really need to move into multi-tracks. And so we started down the multi-track journey. And so, um, yeah, we, we just kind of one weekend um, we started, I would started spitting out audio files of the tracks we were going to use with the click and guide and started uploading them into planning center. So people at home could kind of get used to playing, hearing the click and hearing the guide and, and all that kind of stuff. That's really um, important because it's, it's, it can be kind of jarring the first time yes. that you hear like some dude in your verse two, three, you know, I mean, yeah, it can be yeah. a little, it can be a little jarring. So. Yep. And so um, we gave people a chance to kind of go with it. And then so then we started with just our rehearsals for the uh, the the live album recording. And so like we're not I mean, we're a big church, but we're not a huge church. And so we we started three months out, started weekly practicing for this this live album. And um, so we started kind of doing it then. And so when we would see a team on a weekend that was comprised of a lot of the people that were going to be at part of the the album recording, we would kind of start throwing in tracks during the worship sets. And now we're to the point where, I mean, we're not, we're not there yet on tracks on every song. Um, you know, we don't have somebody on staff that can just recreate all the stems for us. So we have to go in and purchase from multitracks.com. Um, and so, you know, we're just slowly building our library. And so there may be a week where every song is has tracks and there might be a week there's just one you know yeah. um but it, well, it's not been every a good song, transition not every song lends itself to, yeah. to that you know i mean um that's but that's that's great man baby step in it i would i would highly yeah. i would highly suggest the, the baby step 
So uh, at your nothing. church, what what program are you using to manipulate and fire your tracks? It, well, we use Ableton. Okay, um, so do we. We use Ableton, and we have we have we've uh, we have messed around with where it lives and who fires it and all yeah. that stuff. We've gotten uh, the Looptimus controller from yep. uh, I think Loop Community, right? Yep. Uh, yep. And we, we use that for a really long time. Uh, we still use that at uh, certain weekends, but uh, right now we're getting ready for a big a big Christmas weekend, and so uh, it lives in the, the the booth right now. So our front of house guy uh, is is firing that. Gotcha. Um, so uh, it's lived at front of house. Uh, now, when we record the live album, it was for the, in with the drummer, um, but it was a gentleman we really trusted, and they have since moved. Oh man. Um, and so I'm not going to mention his name because he may or may not now go to Mr. Prob's church, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yes. he, he controlled the, 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 the multi-tracks. Uh, but right now um, I fire or all, any of my audio guys, we fire from the booth. And so what we do, um, I've got, uh, we just bought, we were using my, uh, my MacBook pro. We just bought a, a Dell laptop. So mm-hmm. you don't have to have a Mac. I know there's mm-hmm. some people out there thinking, Oh, well we can't afford a Mac. We have, we have a Dell laptop. Um, it went running Ableton and it goes into a Motu MK4 ultralight. And it's just basically, it's like an audio interface that has eight outputs on the back of it. Mm. And then I run those eight outputs uh, out of the back of the Motu straight into the back of my mix desk. Um, and so I have basically eight channels of audio that I can mess with. And so I learned this from the guys at MixU. So what I do is uh, for me, channel one is click, channel two is guide. Um, but I send them as a stereo pair out of Ableton with the click panned left and the guide panned right. And by doing that, what it allows me to do is in our avioms channels one and or no channels 15 and 16 are click and guide. So now they have, they can actually control the volume of how loud the click is and how loud the guide is. Um, channels three and four or anything that I want that are going to be like a wide stereo pan. So like keys, strings, sometimes an organ, um, I'll kind of group all those different tracks together and I, I've got them panned wide left and right. Um, and that's three and four. And then, um, from there I do mostly mono channels. And so for me, uh, channel five is anything that I want to send low end information to. So like loops, synth bass, um, anything like that. So that's in chapter or chapter five, <laughs> uh, that's in <laughs> channel five. Uh, and that again is, um, what I'm sending anything that needs to have information sent to the subs is in five and then six, seven and eight, I leave as mono channels because sometimes we don't have a bass player. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'll actually route the bass through that channel. And it's as if I'm mixing a bass in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, we've sometimes there are certain songs like uh, Chris McClarney's hallelujah for the, Cl- the cross. Mm-hmm. It really needs two electrics at the beginning. You got that kind of that chunky guitar and yeah. then you got the lead part underneath. So we'll run e guitar two through its own channel. And be able to get that kind of that second part. And I can live mix that e-guitar channel in. And so it's worked really well for us. Now, here's what I have learned. And I don't know how you guys do it at your your church, Mr. Probs. But the only thing I'm sending to the ears are the keys. Mm. Mm. Because if I start adding in percussion tracks and dulcimers and mellotrons and all that stuff, it just gets to be overwhelming for the people on stage. So I only send anything that's feels like pad-like in nature. That's what's getting sent to the ears. Mm. We have just, uh, we use these little uh, boxes. I forget what they're called. Um, it's not Aviom, but it's, uh, 
something else. I don't remember what it's live called. Live mix? Live mix. We use live mix, yeah. And okay. we have we have just one one track channel that has kind of all of it. Gotcha. All of it thrown in there. Do you guys have control of your ears or is that all coming from front of house? Uh, we all mix our own uh, okay. band and singers. Uh, so we have those live mix boxes. We have a mixture of dual boxes, like where people share. There's an A side and a B side and then yeah. just singles. And so, um, yeah, our band is all on those and our singers are all on those as well. And, you know, that's been a way easier transition than I anticipated. Yeah. Our people wow. love, our singers love having uh, control over that. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this, Mr. Probs. What do you do if you got a new person coming in who may or may not have played with multitracks before and they hear this in their ears and they start to hear some keyboards and they go, well, why am I even playing? How would you address that with them? I, I would kind of like what I talked about earlier. I would just say like, um, you know, we want, we want flow ad and some adhesion, some glue and uh, layers. And there are so many layers to these songs now. Um, we need to find a layer for you to play that's not on the, the track. Or if you're going to play like the most important layer, we turn the track down. You know, I mean, the tracks, yeah. I think the tracks are there to enhance, um, not, right. not to replace. Yeah. That's, that's, a good, that's, that, that's probably what we, I would say. And I do, I right. have a couple of people who give me grief over it well here's the funniest thing we i mean we fought some epic battles when we first put these things out and now they're all like oh man we don't have a track for this one Absolute, you know what i mean yeah, like the, real, like they, it started like when we first put the click out and the drummers were all offended yes and then we got six months down the road and they got they, whenever we'd be like hey let's just let's turn the click off and let's just play net and they'd be like um can we please put the click back on? Like, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. you learn to love it. You really learn to love it. And then if, and you, like you said, like if you go lead at another church and they don't have it or whatever, it's like, what, <laughs> you know, what am I doing? Yeah. And there, dude, there are so many options for you these days to be able to run tracks. Like mine's probably a little bit more of a complicated setup to do that. Um, I know from uh, multitracks.com, they've got the playback app and it's just, it's really just a stereo out of an iPad and you can set everything up in there. And it's super simple for you to be able to um, go in and set up your, 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 your uh, services and things like that. And so like, you don't have to go as crazy as like what we do. Um, we just, we don't want to have that extra control, but it's not necessary. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can go into the app and you can control the level of all the different uh, tracks that you're using in, in each individual track within those different multi-tracks. And so a lot of ways you can do it. And uh, it just, here's, here's one of the biggest reasons I love it. The weekends where we have tracks on every song probably cuts 25 minutes off our rehearsal time. Mm, mm. It's it. Guys, I'm telling you, and it's not as expensive as you think it's going to be if you've never dabbled with it. Um, you know, help your people understand why. Like, I, I, I feel like that is as like we talk a lot about the pastoral mantle. You know, that leadership yeah. mantle. Uh, uh, help them understand why. Why are we doing this? Well, we're doing it yep. for this, 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 and this. And you know, you know what that looks like in your in your context, but. Um, you right. know, point them to the why, point them to the why we want consistency. You know, so many churches are streaming online services now and, uh, we want consistency. We want steady, you know, yeah. uh, I, I've played with drummers who, uh, 
maybe really, really struggled with that sense of time and steady, keeping a steady tempo. And that messes with the congregation, just like it messes with the band and, and the, the vocal team. So that's yeah, right. Consistency is huge. And I would say on the front end, as much vision as you can cast before you deploy it, do it. Even if that means a special meeting where you bring everybody in, they sit in the house, you have you have your audio guy or whatever, fire something from the back of the room so they can kind of get an idea of what it sounds like, explain your heart behind it, the vision behind it. Because the more you can get them on board on the front end, the the better off it's going to be when you actually deploy it. We made the mistake of we shared, oh, this is probably coming, but we didn't prepare our people enough. Mm. And so when it finally came out, we were like, oh, uh, like I said, it was a battle. But eventually they got on board and now they love it. And so um, as we looked back, we thought, man, we really should have brought everybody together and explained everything on the front end. So I, I think something you just said is kind of a really important basic leadership principle. And you said, we didn't prepare our people enough. Yeah. And I think so often, um, you know, conflicts on your team or questions or any of the things that can come up when you're trying to lead a, a small group or a big group, it doesn't matter. You're trying to lead a group of people that come from different backgrounds and different walks of life, and you're trying to get them marching in the same direction. And so yep. preparing them uh, yes. for, for why you're doing what you're doing is huge. That's right. Sweet. Now, you kept saying pan. Were you saying pan or pan? Pan. Pan? So like pan, panning left and so right. So there's a D on the end? No, Pam. No, Pam. Two M's. Two M's. Pam. No. <laughs> Sorry, Calvary. that's from a movie. That's from <laughs> what movie? It's from Step Brothers. Oh, I've never seen that one. Oh man, I'm not endorsing it. <laughs> so you're saying watch it on TBS? Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, dude, are you ready to jump into part one of this interview? I'm so ready. She's incredible. You're gonna she love. She is incredible. Prepare to be blessed. Here you go with part one of our interview with Meredith Andrews. Well, Meredith, hey, thank you so much for coming on the Worship Leader Problems podcast. Uh, it means a lot for you to come on here, and we're Absolutely. really excited to uh, get to talk with you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super honored. You yeah, know, I'll be honest with you. This is one I still can't believe you said yes. I've said that to her like a 10 times in the DMs, but we still can't believe you said yes. So thank you so much for doing I don't know why this. you're so surprised. I, I love talking about worship and especially when it's about worship leaders. I know mm. I know the struggle. I know oh, all yeah. worship leader probs. I, I got my yeah. own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that, that issues song. I got issues. <laughs> but we can, we're all in it together. So we figured it out together. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got to say, um, I, I've been pretty excited about all of this. Like, okay, so it's funny. We were talking to Paul Balash about some of these things, but like you guys, um, especially like you, you don't know the impact that you have on people. Um, I don't know. Is it cool, Mr. Probs, to get, not heavy, but kind of just share a story kind of up front? Is that cool? Absolutely. Okay. So in order for me to tell the story, I got to just give you a little history, a little bit on my wife and I. Yeah. Um, so we lost our first son. Um, back in 2006, uh, I won't go too much into the details, but, uh, he, uh, was born at 24 weeks, uh, and basically passed away after living for three days. Wow. It took us, uh, seven years to get pregnant again. Um, and at 14 weeks, we found out the baby lost its heartbeat. And the very next day, my wife had to go in and deliver the baby. Jeremy. Um, 
And then um, we had a string of miscarriages uh, after that. And so we've been married for 13 years and uh, we still don't have any children. And so at this point, God's led us to adopt. And so we're awaiting family and adoption. So I kind of want to, I want to share that little bit of the story so you can kind of get some perspective on, again, talking about the impact that you have had on some people. Um, I I don't remember exactly what year it was, but you guys, uh, when you were still singing with Vertical, you were at the Experience Conference. Yep. And I had never heard you sing before. I didn't even, I didn't know who you were at the time, but you guys start singing. Oh, I'm going to try not to cry, but um, you begin, you start singing not for a moment. Oh man. And I was already kind of blown away by the voice. And then I start listening to the lyrics and um, I just sat down and I was, I was bawling because it was, we had just lost our second son um, and um, just trying to figure out, God, what are you doing? Like you've called us to be a parent. And so I come home and I share this song with my wife and over like the next three years, it like literally became her anthem. Wow. As she was trying to deal with the dreams of being a mommy yeah, and God not answering it how we thought. And, and there was a, a specific line that she sings to this day um, where it talks about in my hurt at my worst, when my world falls down, not for a moment, will you forsake me? Hmm. Yeah. And so here's uh, some of the power in that um, after years and, you know, finding starting to find some kind of healing and stuff like that. My wife sang that song to our church. Wow. <laughs> oh. um, That's amazing. And so for, for many people that knew our story, to see my wife, um, who has twice held her dead children in her hands, to get up there and sing, not for a moment have you forsake me. Um, maybe one of the top uh, most powerful moments I've ever been a part of in a church service. <laughs> and obviously it's my my gorgeous wife who I love more than anything up there singing it. But um, that song helped us get through one of the darkest moments and seasons in our life. Um, And so I just, gosh, the impact and the the platform that God has given you, I just, it's, it's amazing. And thank you for being faithful in those moments to sing hard lyrics like that um, and just to kind of lead us. And so thank you. Seriously. I don't even know what to say. I just want to lay down and cry, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, again, I, I'm sorry to kind of make it heavy no, from the I beginning, but like. So beautiful. And, um, and just the fact that God meets us right where we are. And um, wow. I, uh, yeah, I don't, really, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> just really, I'm honored because like, you know, I've never lost a child. I'm, I've never known that pain. And I, can imagine it is maybe the greatest pain that anyone can ever experience on earth. Yeah. Um, so for you and your wife to declare what is true, even when you're just broken and hurting and questioning, but just to go, no, God, we're going to cling to your promises and we're going to believe that you're still who you say you are and you're still good. That's right. Even when we didn't get the outcome that we had hoped for, even when things didn't turn out the way that we planned. Wow, that's um, that's extraordinary. And I think that there's so much redemption. And even when you get matched, you know, yeah. for your baby that the Lord is going to graft into your family it's going to come full circle. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, and it's, 
I love it's the craziest thing that with our story, God has allowed me to share that in a couple different situations. And like, um, I don't know at this point, seven or eight years ago, uh, shared that as like a part of our Christmas event we were doing at the church. Yeah. My, my mom came up and got saved. Wow. Oh, what? Oh you know what I mean? <laughs> this, awesome. this, uh, um, I, even though I'm a production guy, I I'm back serving on our preaching team at our church. And so I preached last week and I shared a little bit of our story and, and heard a, a guy on the phone today as uh, pastors, we like to kind of just call people in the congregation. And so he called one and he told a story about how, you know, if my wife and I can still stand and be in faith over this, then he's got to get off the, off the bench and start heading into the game and being yeah, like a full on. Christian. You know what I mean? Like, wow. and so like the reality is, yeah, we have a tragic story. I get that, but my God is good. And with the amount of life change we've seen happen through it, I'd go through it again. Wow. You know what I mean? And I'm, please don't hear like, oh, I'm trying to like put myself up a pedestal, but like when your perspective changes and you realize that I'm not a citizen of here, my God is for me. My God is with me. Like it's hard there. I mean, we still cry. It's in 13 years and we still cry. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. It's so, yeah. Enough about me. Wow. Well, you also have like a football team of babies welcoming you into heaven too. So, oh, that's go. pretty awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Heck yes. And, and no diapers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no diapers in heaven. Never yeah. Wow. wow, what a story, man. Yeah. What a story. Okay, so I have a I have a Meredith story also. And it, oh it man, also, are you gonna make me cry too? Oh. Well, this was so. This involves experience conference as well, and it was. Yeah. I think it might have been our first year to attend and we were um you know ministry has seasons and there are amazing seasons and there are brutally hard seasons and we were we were walking through a brutally hard season Mm -hmm. and uh you stepped up and led spirit of the living god Mm. and um man we lost it we just lost it. We were both sobbing. We needed that reminder so, so badly. And uh, so, gosh, this is my, <laughs> mine's less dramatic, but uh, wow, it was just, uh, it was just one of those moments. So thank you again. Thanks for your faithfulness, man. You, you, uh, you're making a huge impact. And so the next time you're walking through a brutally hard season, you think about these two weirdos who started a meme account <laughs> and a worship <laughs> podcast and, and you're like, okay, God's using me, man. So be reminded of that because <laughs> he is, he is. Please sure. guys. Okay. I thought, All right, I here was, we go. I thought I was going on the podcast and heard other worship leaders, but now you just got me like a weepy mess over here. I can't even. Oh. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's shift gears. So yeah. Meredith, like, so what we do uh, with all of our guests that come on, we ask this um, little series of questions and they're not, some of them are not, some of them will be like a quick hit kind of a thing. And some you may okay. want to expound a little bit more on. We call it the Frank okay. Five. We're just asking that you just be like, you know, as transparent as you're willing to be. Like um, I've shared a couple of times, but like um, when I've answered this, I have shared that like I have watched When Calls the Heart on my couch by myself He's without my back. wife at the house. Amazing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Cat. Like, do you actually know with, what that uh, show is? Yes. Oh, oh let's go. <laughs> She's, the first one. She's the first one. That's awesome. It's my, well, because I'm the only chick you've had on this podcast. <laughs> 100. That is 100%. <laughs> 
Yeah. So Jeremy was holding a cat. He was crying. I was. Alone. Absolutely. He the whole thing. <laughs> Come on, man. It's okay. Sometimes you just got to get in touch with your sensitive side. That's you know, right. you have to That's right. set it all out. So, Mr. Probs, you want to jump into this and uh, ask her the first question? Absolutely. So, this is question number one. So, uh, for somebody with your breadth of experience, this might be a longer answer, and that's totally cool. But uh, can you tell us how you got started in ministry? Like, how did you get started leading worship? What did that? How did how did God unfold that in your life? Yeah, it is a longer story, but I'll try to condense it. So, there's certain like mile markers, I guess. Um, well, let me just start with um, I grew up in a tiny town in a tiny church, basically under a pew, like my parents served, um, volunteered because it's what you do in a small church. And, uh, That's right. we were there every time the doors were open. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was five years old, three weeks in a row, just to make sure. Um, <laughs> I sang my first solo on stage at my church when I was six and it was, I love you, Lord. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. My mom was part of the worship team. And so she would practice at home with her little karaoke machine that had a two tape decks and two mic jacks and a big speaker, you know, <laughs> Let's go. I would just listen to her. And then eventually it ended up, we would sing together. And so we did all these Southern wow. gospel songs and, um, we'd go around to different churches and like different events in our town and sing. Uh, when I was 12 years old, I, uh, started playing tambourine and singing backup for our youth band. <laughs> and like, I was just, I, that was when I had to figure out harmonies. Cause when my mom and I was singing together, we weren't even really doing harmonies. We were just singing melody together. She'd take first verse, I'd take second verse, then sing chorus melody. Um, so I had to figure out harmonies when I was 12 and I'd play that tambourine until I had blood blisters on my hand. I was so proud of it. <laughs> Tambo. Yes. Um, when I was about 15, I think was the first time that I actually led worship by myself, as in my youth pastor said, okay, I want you to pick out the songs. I want you to lead them all. You know, if you want somebody else to sing one of them, I want you to designate that. Once you figure out keys and all of that. So man, I took it seriously. I remember, I remember distinctly sitting in this little house that was beside our church and it had this out of tune piano. And I had all these like chord charts and, and, and lyric sheets, like to, I just had a big binder. I'm like going through all of them going, what songs we want to sing, you know, and like what keys will work and just hashing that out as a 14 or 15 year old kid, like playing block chords on the keyboard, you know? <laughs> um, but then when I was 17, I went to um, a Rebecca St. James concert and she gave this invitation, just kind of like a surrender kind of invitation that night. And I went forward and I remember just going, God, I, I when I look at Rebecca up there on stage and see the way that she just like pierces people's hearts, the way that she sings, the way that she speaks, the way that she's just so anointed to do what she's called mm -hmm. to do. Like, man, I just love to do something like that, but God, it's yours. Like my gift my desires, they're yours, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm game. And God said to me so clearly that night, he said, Meredith, be faithful where I've placed you. Mm. And wow. uh, that's the thing that I have carried since I was 17, just learning to be faithful in the little things, learning to just go, okay, I've got some dreams and I've got some ideas of maybe where I want to be down the road, but this is where I am now. This is the thing that God has put in my hand to do right now. So I want to be faithful with that because he he, my dad always used to tell me when I was a kid, like God will only give you as much as he can trust you with. And he's going to start small. You know, he's not mm -hmm. going to give you everything right. you ever dreamed of yeah. right away because we're not ready for it. He's got a, it's like this, like when you go lift weights, like 
you have to work up to a certain uh, level, you know, you have yeah. to work up to a certain amount of weight. Like I'm not going to be a bodybuilder when I first step into the gym. Like it's a process. And so mm-hmm. that was what God is. That's what God has showed me. Like my life is just a journey and it's a process and learning to strengthen my spiritual muscles, learning to grow my character, my integrity and my inner person, because God wants to do something in us long before he does something through us. Absolutely. Um, so that was like, that was the foundation for me. And I mean, when, but when I was a teenager, you got to understand, like God was calling me, God was drawing me. And I don't mean to a stage. He was drawing me into his presence and I couldn't get enough. And I would turn on my delirious CDs or you know, oh, yeah. like cutting edge legit. Oh, yeah. was my favorite. <laughs> um, or like old uh, vineyard wins the worship, you know, Rita Springer, oh, old school darling check, like original Hill song. Like, and I would just go after the heart of God and he would meet me there. And that's where I learned how to worship. It wasn't on a stage hmm. and, uh, and I just couldn't get enough of his presence. And that's why I wanted to lead people there because I'm like, no, you don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I've experienced. You <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm in the presence of God. And so that was like what really started cultivating my desire to lead worship. And I mean, I love music, but that's not why I do this, you know? Um, yeah. But I went to Liberty University and led worship there. And honestly, I was kind of running from like the worship leader as a profession mm. situation. <laughs> like I was, I was like, well, I know that I'll always lead worship. It'll always be a part of my life because I love it so much. But maybe I should actually study something else, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, so I went back and forth on my major from like Spanish to, I mean, I did give music theory a try and I'm like, nope, not for me. I'm good. <laughs> um, and then I, I settled on family and child development because I thought I was going to move to an orphanage in Guatemala and work with orphans because I had a. I, I have three adopted brothers. My, my parents were foster parents growing up. This is a way longer answer than you bargained for. Awesome. Trying to wrap no, it up. Not at Anyways. all. <laughs> but um, when I was a senior, uh, no, junior in high uh, college, sorry, junior in college, one night, Wednesday night, leading worship, uh, singing a song that I'd sung a thousand times called Sing to the King. <laughs> and um, something happened in that service. Something happened during that song where I felt like I was on fire and I just knew like I knew my name that I was meant to do this with my life. Like this is what Uh I was called to, to like draw people, call people in the presence of God. Go, you guys come with me because God wants to show up in your life. So, um, and you know, music is just the vehicle for that. But, um, after that, it was kind of undeniable. I was like, okay, God, whatever you want, I'm, I'm on board. Like you just tell me how this is supposed to look, you know? And it was just one step at a time. You know, when I was a senior at Liberty, I was leading worship for one of our chapel services. And James McDonald, who I had never heard of before, uh, came and spoke in our chapel service, called this kid out in the front row for not having his Bible in front of 4,000 students. So I'm like, oh, this guy means business. I'm going to sit up straight. My Bible is visible on my lap, you know. And uh, uh, my friend who worked at school, at the school, called me the next day. He's like, hey, James McDonald wants you to give him a call. I'm like, I ain't calling that guy. He scares me. He's like, no, no, for real, you need to call him. I was like, what? what's he want with me? I had my Bible, you know? Um, but I called him and he just said, Meredith, I didn't meet you yesterday. I only saw the back of your head. But when you started singing, uh, the whole room changed. And 
and I, and it's, and it just prepared the way for me to preach the word. And I just wanted to see if you'd be interested in coming to harvest and seeing if this could be a place for you. And I was like, all right, well, where you say you live, you know, he's from Chicago and I'm from North Carolina. I'm like, I show up in April and it's like snowing. I'm like, what is happening guys? How do you live like this? But I, I spent 10 years of my life, uh, a part of harvest, um, slash vertical. And, um, and then, um, once I'd moved up there, actually started going to Nashville to write. And it was just crazy how everything happened. It was like the Lord said, all right, this will be your home. This will be your foundation. And now I'm going to give you opportunities to write outside of that. But you always get to come back to your to your home, to your church, to your people who hold you accountable, who know you really well, who love you, who won't let you get a big head, you know. And uh, so it was really beautiful how the Lord um, just put that covering over me before I started going to Nashville and writing. Because soon after that, um, I signed a record deal with Word. I met my husband. He was playing keys for Jeremy Camp. And uh he came up to Chicago. We got married. He came on staff at Harvest and we had two little boys during our time there. And then we moved to Nashville four years ago and um, had our little girl as soon as we moved into town, basically. And uh, now we serve at um, a church called The Belonging here in Nashville and I'm still on the road, you know, a good bit and riding. And again, just trying to be faithful where God has placed us. And um, I'm really, really grateful. I just love that now I, I'm in this role in some ways of um, of pouring into the next generation. And I think that's my favorite thing in the season of life that I'm in right now. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm just getting to encourage worship leaders mm. uh, because the struggle is real. I know what I know what it's like, and um, I'm just really grateful to get to love on people who are in the trenches and calling people and calling, you know, people who don't even know what worship is to an understanding of um, just what our response is when we get a glimpse of who God is, and we go, yeah, this is it. This is more than just singing songs. This is not even just passing time. Like I'm, I'm getting to press into the presence of God mm. by offering up a sacrifice. And mm. anyway, yeah. yeah, I'm just, it's crazy. This is my life. I'm super honored. And those are just the highlights. I feel like those are the highlights and we can talk about like the low points too, because there's been plenty of those. <laughs> anyway. I think, I think one of the things that you said that could be so helpful for those that are listening is that whole idea of being, uh, and I forget exactly how I put it, like fruitful where you're planted. Yeah, growing where you're planted. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I think there's so many of us, you know, we jump on Instagram and we see the church down the street has got all the lights and the SSL, L, you know, L500 out the in front of house and this, that, and the other. And you think, oh, if I could just be there, my ministry would just, you know, but like realizing, man, we just got to, God's put you in the place you're in That's for right. a reason. That's right. Bigger is not better. That's right. Like, you know, just like give God all that you can give him exactly where you are. And if God and his yep. sovereignty and his will decides to move you on to another thing, you go. But wherever you are, give 100% because exactly he deserves 100%. Right. You know? That's exactly right. Even if it means that you got to clean some toilets. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's right. Ministry. Because the, the thing is like, I mean, there's no, look at Jesus's life. There was nothing that was beneath him. He That's got right. down on his hands and knees and he washed his disciples' feet. And that must be the posture of our hearts as well. We're not like, I don't even, sometimes I even like cringe when I use the term worship leader because I don't want, 
I'm not looking to have a platform. I'm not looking to have a stage. Like my role is as a servant, you know, that's what God has called me. I'm serving these people and it's not my way or the highway. It's, it's not like me trying to advance my own career. It's going to, how can I serve the people of God and get them to a place where they've never been before with God, where they understand that, that they can actually feel the tangible presence of God. They can encounter the living God. And there's an exchange that happens when we begin to pour out our worship, again, offering up a sacrifice of praise. It's going to cost us something. It might cost us our comfort. It might cost us our time. It might cost us the opinion of other people around us. But when we offer something up that's costly, we get to these new places with God and we get, to a glint, we, get a, we get to understand what he's like. We get to understand his heart. We get to understand his heart for us. And he, in turn, brings us to this place of freedom and identity and joy yeah. like we've never Amen. experienced before. And that's why I get so oh. fired up. <laughs> Let's go. Serving people, you know. This is like Make a you- doctoral course on Oh gosh! This is awesome, <laughs> I uh, dude. I I want to go out and just like kick Satan in the face right now. Oh, me too. That's all I <laughs> exactly. Let, let's bunch, just man. let's w- worship Satan or worship <laughs> worship. Yeah, uh, that's a different hold podcast. On. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna clap right there so I know to take that out. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, so oh, dude. Awesome. The other day, just a side note. You know, you have the slips. Like the other day, I was leading worship, and I was. Uh, we were transitioning into the next thing. I was at a worship com- uh, women's conference and I didn't know what was next. And so I was like looking around trying to figure out who's coming up after me. Cause we didn't talk about that part. And so I'm like, great to worship you guys. I mean, great to worship with you guys. And it was, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it Dude, happens. So good. I, I have had in my days some epic slip ups cause my mind goes much faster exactly. or my, my mouth goes faster yeah, yeah. than my mind. Did I, we were, I was telling, uh, Paul Belasher, we were with him. I was in the studio with a guy by the name of Chris Springer. I don't uh-huh. know if you know Chris. Um, and so we were working on an album for a girl that I used to play uh, guitar for. And we're up in Nashville. And there was a song that we really liked. But the way that the studio, the session players were, were kind of forming it, I just wasn't digging it. And so I make this comment and I'm like, man, I just, I don't want this to sound like so-and-so. And Chris goes, yeah, I produced his last four albums. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, no. I mean, they're so good. And <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. So, you got to do a little research beforehand. I, I know. Exactly. I should have looked at that discography, right? Um, so, all right, Meredith, like, what would be a fun fact about Meredith Andrews that, like, nobody else would know? Um, like, nobody in the world or, like, nobody. Or, or, or even, like, very few people. Sure, sure. Um, I'm a decent, I'm decent at basketball. What? <laughs> is, that, is that a fun fact? Yeah. But I, like, I, can you dunk like you're that? No, yeah, you? I can dunk. I'm five foot four and I can dunk. <laughs> yeah. But you won't believe it till you see it, which you're not going to see it because it's actually not true. So, uh, no. True or false, you're actually Uncle Drew. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. So I, uh, I played a little bit in high school and my dad was always like, he, he, we played together, you know, growing up and it, it was fun. And I thought I was like, I watched like the pistol Pete movie and then I oh, bring yes. the ball in the house and I tried, I'd be doing like all the drills in the kitchen. My mom's like outside. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. That's yeah, so cool. Nice. But it's, and I'm not even that great of a, I'm, I'm more of a good shooter, but okay. get a big girl in my face. 
I, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. So <laughs> it's more like I can beat anybody in a game of horse, <laughs> but that's wow. the extent of it. I don't right. want to pick up game. I might just like go cry in the corners. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So in all of your experiences, what's the craziest thing that has happened to you during a service? Okay, that's an easy one. Um, so I had that. this is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, I do have, I could share a few things, but this is, I think, by far the craziest. Um, I was leading at Harvest, um, just a normal Sunday morning, and um, all of a sudden, this siren goes off in the middle of the song Stronger, Hillsong, you watched it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And nobody could figure out what it was. So it is going on for like probably a good seven minutes. Oh my God. So much so that they put a a message on the screen that's, that basically says no one is in danger. You can ask Andy Rosier about this when you, or anybody from vertical, when you uh, interview them, but it's like they're, they're putting a message on the screen that says nobody's in danger. Everything's fine. But meanwhile, we're trying to still worship, but we're like, what do we even do? Like somebody's going to get this figured <laughs> out. Like it's just, just beyond distracting. And so I'm, but I'm like, no, I'm just going to plow through. It's going to stop eventually. Lord, just like silence the siren in Jesus. Name. I'm just pl- <laughs> praying because like, this is getting a little bit obnoxious. I mean, massively obnoxious. So I'm like, let's sing another chorus. We can sing louder than the siren. I said something really <laughs> dumb like that. And so we're still singing and people are just looking around. They're just like trying to worship, but it's like, we're not, we're not really there. We're just like, <laughs> we're just, you know, we're gone. Um, and then finally it turns off and come to find out someone had kicked the bullhorn on the front row that had the emergency <laughs> siren. So yeah, that was the craziest thing that's ever happened to me leading worship. Good oh time. my that's gosh! Awesome. And and it's on. I think it's on YouTube. You can like you can search like "stronger than the siren." I think is what. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. That's yeah. awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. All right. So, like, is there like one thing that you just can't live without? Cause like, I know like when you travel, is it like a pillow or is there like oh. a grooming product that you're like, if I didn't have this, I just couldn't even operate. There's several things, but I just, I'm not, I'm not high maintenance. I just have my like handful of things and then I'm, I can roll with anything, you know, Okay. but pillow is definitely one of them when I'm on the road. Sorry. There wasn't a motorcycle. I don't have my headphones in. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So pillow is definitely one of them. It's a, it's like this memory foam one. And I think hmm. when I cross 30, and I didn't have my pillow. I would wake up every morning. I'm like, I need to go to the chiropractor. hundred <laughs> percent. So I take my pillow. I take a sound machine. I've got this portable sound machine. And then I would say, I'm going to just list three for you. And my third is my essential water. As you can see. Yes. Um, it's alkaline water. Oh yeah. And if I drink like purified water or Dasani or Aquafina, I feel like it draws me out. So I, I just try to go for my essentia. It's essential. So nice. I promise I'm not nice. a diva though. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. I hope you were as blessed by that interview as me and Mr. Probs are. You know, she is just the real deal. And by the way, yeah. her husband is a ninja, a musical oh, ninja. So talented. Dude is incredible, incredibly gifted. We want to, we want to try to have him on. Uh, as well. So Jacob, if you happen to be listening to this, we're coming for you, big dog. We need you on. Yeah, that's right. Dude. So 
it was pretty awesome. The email we got the other day. So Paul Balash contacted us and asked for the link to the podcast because he wants to put it in his newsletter. What? <laughs> I feel like we hit the big time, <laughs> right? We're in Paul Balash's newsletter. I totally do. And and I was listening back when I when I told him we should come to New York and have a slice, and he said, "Anytime." I know, dude. I was I was getting ready to jump on Expedia and start pricing flights. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, isn't he in like France? Yeah, I think he's been in France and Belgium. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. What a gift. We're so it's we're good. so blessed that we get to do this, it's, man. Unbelievable. It's good to be the king. Yeah, Paul is That's from king, a movie. Man. What is that from? Wait. It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. Yeah. I don't remember. Mel Brooks, History of the World Part One. Oh, Mel Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. The Have you seen that one? I you know what? If I have, it's been a really long time. Gotcha. Well, hey, could you guys do us the biggest favor in the whole world? Could you go to anywhere you're listening to this podcast, whether it's Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google? Could you go? Could you leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button? Um, we are working hard to try to get into that new and noteworthy, um, which would help us get this podcast uh, before as many people as possible. And so we're very thankful for the listeners. And man, the feedback that you guys are leaving mm. us, it's just really blessing us. And so uh, we are so thankful that anything that we've learned in our combined 35 years of ministry uh, is making an impact in your life. Absolutely. And we've got some incredible guests coming on. Um, we do. And those are, they're, they're all incredible. Some of them are going to be incredible people that you know. Uh, others are going to be incredible people that you don't know that are regular people plugging away in the churches, just like Jeremy and I. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, go ahead. I feel, I, I feel like, because it's just regular people that they don't know. Like, when we actually reveal who like you are and we get more into debt, like, we're, we're nobodies. Yeah. I'm you know no, what I mean? I'm nobody, like, man. I'm nobody. Yeah. Everybody's going to be like, oh. It wasn't David Crowder. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but here's the deal. We got to get to 50K before we, we do that. To, and we need, yes. your, we need your help. Tell your friends. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Worship Leader Probs. Um, That's right. We, we, need your, we need your help with that. We need your help. And we've got some incredible uh, guests coming on. We've got uh, a couple of weeks with uh, Meredith Andrews. We've got yep. a cu- couple of weeks with... Aaron Schust. Aaron Schust. I, I dubbed us Schusties when we Schusties. were when we were interviewing him because we're fans, yeah. man. Uh, a couple of weeks with Aaron Schust. We've got um, you know the Brooke mix Nichols. Schu- Brooke Nichols uh, from Canada. Uh, yeah, uh, the female vocalist of the year for the GMAs for Canada. Um, yeah, right. Uh, we've got uh, Carrie Newhoff. If you've ever uh, listened to Carrie's uh, leadership podcast or read any of his books or follow his blog, uh, uh, Carrie is a pastor in Canada and connects his church and just is doing some yep. really incredible, challenging writing uh, yep. to position the church uh, for the next step the next stage uh you know re- right. reaching the next generation and so vertical worship israel houghton mark hall from casting crowns pat I mean, barrett pat barrett mix you mix you and we're still trying to get Corey edwards you need to listen to this Corey is the front of house guy that that toured around with elevation we're trying to get him on yeah time. so we got lots of stuff to to, to come Dude. and Keep, it's brewing. Yeah, you know, keep sending your MVPs and your prayer concerns and slide into the DMs. 
slide into them DMs. Well, hey, we are thankful for you, for the Worship Leader Probs Nation. And until next time, see ya. Do say.